Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. It tells a story, doesn't it? They left the island so quickly, they couldn't decide what to take, what to leave, what was important. And seeing this every day reminds me to focus on the essentials. There's nothing, nothing superfluous in my life. When a thing is redundant, it is eliminated. 50-year-old McAllen. A particular favorite of yours, I understand. So, what's the toast? To the women we love. Darling, darling, you love us. No, 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 no. Stand up straight, keep still, and whatever you do, don't lose your head, don't lose. <laughs> Time to redeem your marksmanship scores. Let's see. You can be the first to knock the glass on the head. And just to be a sporting, I'll let you go first. Let's see who ends up on top. Come on. Did you really die that day? Is there any, any of the old 007 left? My turn. I win. What do you say to that? It's a waste of good scotch. What are you going to do now? Take me back to her? All on your own. <laughs> this is a mamoya. Ladies thing from Q-Branch. Call the radio. This is Bill Warner of the Amelia Island Concord Delegates, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Send the way back machine. Yes, sir, Mr. Peabody.
Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google, Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown. Let's see. Uh, very cold, clear water today. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, go to our archive page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Good evening, Mr. Tommy. Good evening, and uh, happy Fat Tuesday to you, Robert. Is it Fat Tuesday? What's that mean? That is the beginning of Mardi Gras, I guess, and what, Lent tomorrow, I think? Oh, okay. Well, shows how much I uh, pay attention to, uh, uh, what would you call it? You didn't have your jambalaya today? (laughs) No, I did not. I had uh, noodle soup. That's what I had, but... uh, that's part of jambalaya, I think. Isn't there noodles in jambalaya? I'm not sure. Okay, so, well, we're a long ways from New Orleans. Is that where that usually takes place, New Orleans? Well, you know what? That's funny because one of the songs that I picked today happens to be a artist that's from Shreveport, Louisiana. So uh, that would be kind of interesting. That's coincidental. Anyway, all right, so uh, let me give you a heads up on uh, what did we do this past weekend. Well, we went to the National Mustang Racing Association uh, speed event down in Bradenton Motorsports. So that was a lot of fun. Of course, you know, me being a swap meet junkie that I am. But check out my Facebook page because I put some pretty cool videos up there. I got some really good pictures and some wheel-standing Mustangs. In fact, you know, it's interesting because you know me, I'm a nostalgic car guy, and I'm a diehard Ford guy. Well, there was three guys that I met there. There were all three racing 428 Cobra Jet Mustangs. One gentleman named, let's see, I think his name was uh, Joe Lopez, and he's from uh, Massachusetts. He's the original owner of a 1968 428 and a half, 68 and a half, 428 Cobra Jet Mustang. And what's really unique about that particular car, not only is he the original owner and he drag races since day one, but that car was one of the rare, I think it's less than 50 of them or 20 of them. I'm not even sure how many it is. I can't remember now. That's what happens when you get older, your memory goes. Factory four-speed car. Most of the cars that were raced were automatic. So when I talked to him for a few minutes, I said, so what inspired you to buy the 68.5 428 car? And he says, well, I went to the Winter Nationals, and I saw Nicholson and all those guys just tearing it up with them 428 Cobra Jets. And I worked for a Ford dealership back in the day. I had to go get one. So he ordered one. That was pretty cool. And then there's another gentleman there, and I think his name was Lofty. And he had one that he had owned since 1969 or 70. And he was pulling the front wheels off the ground on that one. It was a factory automatic car. Then there was another gentleman that had his since, uh, I don't know, sometime in the 70s also. But he had a 69 428 Cobra So all three of them were Cobra That was pretty cool. Anyway, let's go to the uh, Florida Car Shows Minute. If you want to know where all the car shows are in the state of Florida, definitely check out flacarshows.com. Amelia Island is this weekend. In fact, it starts tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. If you've never been there, you need to put Amelia Island and the Concours d'Elegance on your bucket list. It's an absolute must. It is the, by far, the best car show in the plant on the planet, in the in the United States and on the planet. I just, I just, I got to tell you, some of the cars there, just absolutely amazing. And the people and the personalities, this is incredible. You got to check out, you've got to go to Amelia Island Concourse. Uh, this weekend, National Muscle Car Association, they've got, that's part two of the uh, National Mustang Racing Association, that group. Uh, Bradenton Motorsports again for all you drag race guys, and it's going to be a swap meet there. The Palm event, which is in a couple weeks, that's in uh, Mar-a-Lago, and uh, we may be talking a little bit more about that next week. Sebring's coming up, the Gator National is coming up, and 
Today is not only Fat Tuesday, but it's Rib Shack Tuesday. So if you like barbecue, check out my good friends and my buddies all over there at the Rib Shack Barbecue. Uh, what else did I do this weekend? Oh, yeah, I went to Reeves Cars and Coffee because the first Saturday of every month, Reeves Import Motor Cars, my good friends over there at Reeves Motorsports, has the Cars and Coffee. And it's some pretty cool car there. In fact, the one car that got all the attention was one of those brand new Ford GTs. Which I always say, well, it's a good-looking car. It looks like a supercar. It's cool. I'm glad Ford's got it out. But it's short in the cylinder department because it's only got six bangers instead of a V8. So eh, it'll take me a little while to get used to it. But it's doing very, very well on the race circuit. So it's cleaning house in the GT class. And let's see what else we do. Oh, yeah, and then Sunday, I moseyed on up to Sumter County, and I suffered all day long in the sun and uh, hung out at the swap meet. Didn't sell much, but I made a lot of contacts. As usual, that's generally what happens. So it's all about networking. But I think on that note, we're going to go fire up the stereo. And uh, we now have gone from mono to stereo or back to mono, one of the two. But we got uh, a little Kenny Wayne Shepherd from Shreveport, Louisiana, and a little blue on black. Hey, you tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I will be right back. Some money after 911 and 411. Call 541. That's 727 541 1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727 541 1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle and visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. back, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, your loving, caring show host, Robert. Time to introduce our next special guest. Our first special guest of the evening. This gentleman's been on our show before. He's an alumni guest. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening the Director of Content and Marketing for ProMedia, which is the famous NMRA and the NMCA. Mike Galimi. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How you doing, Robert? I had a blast this weekend. It was a lot of fun. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it, and thank you again. Hey, no problem. It was great. Uh, the weather was perfect, and uh, we certainly had a lot of Mustangs out there. We had a lot of Mustangs. You guys had a lot of Mustangs out there. But I was just talking a few minutes earlier about uh, the three guys that I met that had, uh, that had 428 Cobra Jet Mustangs. One guy is a one, I think his name was Mr. Lopez, original owner of a 68.5 428 Cobra Jet. 
And, you know, that, I thought that was pretty cool. And it was a factory four-speed car. Then there was another guy with a 428 and another guy with a 428. So that uh, that kind of made my day. Plus, the swap meet was fun, but the drag racing, the drag racing action was good. Oh, yeah. No, we had, uh, you know, over 130 true street cars. You know, they do their parade on the streets and come back uh, from the road tour, do, you know, a bunch of runs. It was uh, It was a good weekend. So give me some of the highlights. What uh, I noticed there was a number of different classes over there. It's actually what I noticed was a lot of cars, uh, vintage cars that had coyote motors. And it's like you had a coyote class, right? Yeah, we, um, you know, the coyote is obviously taking, uh, taking the, the Ford world by storm. And uh, the swaps are popular and everything. We have had, you know, Mavericks and Fairlanes and all sorts of body styles with them swapped into it. And, uh, they're making their way into the heads-up classes, the older the older cars with the with the new power adder. I mean, a new uh, engine. Excellent. And then uh, you had the Cobrajet class, which uh, was the late models and the older vintage cars were in that Cobrajet class, running heads-up against yeah. each other. Yeah. So last year we hosted the 50th anniversary of the Cobrajet up in Ohio, and uh, you know, obviously we had a lot of historic cars show up. So you know, every year that we do the Cobrajet showdown in Bradenton, it was like, well, you know, it was always a late model setup. So we were like, why don't we let the older older cars into it? And it was uh, definitely brought out some unique iron for sure. Yeah, I was liking because I was watching, uh, I think his name's Lofty or something like that, that guy with the blue 68 and a half automatic car. He got, you know, you, yeah. spo- he, you spotted him a length or two or whatever it was. and uh, <laughs> But he still snatched the wheels off the ground. So he did a great job. Yeah, we've, uh, Dan Foddy. He, uh, Dan Foddy, he runs, that's it. He runs, uh, he runs the whole NMCA series. And he does a couple of the Mustang races as well, and uh, it's it's a real Cobra Jet, and he has no problem, uh, you know, beating the snot out of it on the track. <laughs> so, uh, so what else was going on? Because uh, tell us about some of the other stuff that was going on. You had the car show, you had vendors. Go on, it's uh, it's your yeah, turn to we talk. Had, uh, <laughs> we had we had a lot of uh, you know a lot of small tire Mustangs, which is is, is still such a, a popular uh, popular categories um, throughout the country, and they they make their way down to Florida to kind of kick off the year. So uh, some fast cars, two seventy five radio racing. Um, you know, street outlaw style cars, uh, just a little bit of everything. What was the fastest car on track this weekend? Um, that was, uh, it was 2009, um, Shelby GT500 that they've actually put a, a 400 cubic inch, uh, Windsor engine in it with a turbo and he was going 440s at, uh, about 170 miles an hour in the eighth mile. Four, oh, in the eighth mile. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's, yeah. that's still pretty fast. Now, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's equivalent to, uh, you know, 680s, 200 in, in the quarter mile. Not bad for a door slammer. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. So tell us about what's going on this weekend. This weekend you got the NMCA, right? Yeah, sure. So last weekend was the Mustangs. This weekend is uh, the muscle cars. And uh, we've got everything from Pro Modifieds that will be going, you know, well over 200 miles an hour in the eighth mile um, to, you know, programs with, with Dodge and Chevrolet to uh, like an anti-street racing program to where we – They'll pay for an entry into, uh, you know, late model Hemi cars into the NMCA programs to get people off the street and into a safe environment. Um, so it's pretty much stock cars right up to Pro Modifieds, uh, you know, factory supercars, which is Copo, Cobra Jet, Drag Pack, all those guys. We have 26 of the, the fastest cars coming from, from that category. Would you say there's a resurgence of uh, vintage cars showing up at the track, or is it pretty much oh, all yeah. Right yeah. No, no, we, we've got, on the NMCA side, uh, you know, we have Nostalgia Superstock, which brings out just amazing old-school, you know, 60s-style cars. Um, and, and Nostalgia Muscle Car is the same way. It's more geared towards, uh, you know, Chevelles and Camaros and Novas and all, like that whole generation of vehicles. Um, and they, they run on an index, so it's, you don't have to tear up the car and turn it into a full race car. It's, it's a great way to have some fun and, uh, you know, with the muscle car. 
Okay. Now, when do you have to have cages? At what, uh, what? What's the threshold for cages and shoots and the stuff like that? So for uh, earlier model cars, it, the cutoff is eleven forty nine. Um, the two thousand eight and newer, you can go as quick as ten zero now. Um, just because of all the safety standards that the, the manufacturers have built into these vehicles, so uh, so ten zero for new cars, newer than two thousand eight, and everybody else would be eleven forty nine. Would be a six point roll bar. Um, parachute would come at uh, about one hundred and fifty miles an hour. Um, the helmet, you know, I mean, if you run slower than thirteen ninety nine, you don't even need a helmet on an NHRA track. So uh, you could just come on out, have some fun. If if you got a relatively stock car, oh, interesting. So that means I could bring my wife's van out there. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> uh, you have to have long pants and short sleeves. You can't wear a tank top, but that's about the, uh, the strictest requirements on uh, anything 14.0 and slower. Okay. The track preparation, is that pretty much left up to the track? Because it looked pretty sticky the other day. I mean, the guys were saying, yeah. No, we, uh, we, we've got a, a competition director who we bring in equipment and, uh, and track personnel with uh, – you know, with special, you know, traction compounds and techniques to, you know, drag the, the tracks and lay rubber down. So it's, uh, you know, our guys will scrub the track before we get there and uh, and get it ready. And throughout the weekend, they'll, they'll you know, shave it, the, the bumpy rubber off, make it nice and smooth, and then apply the traction compound and then run tractors over it with, with special skids on the back to uh, put more rubber down and, and smooth the surface. So it's uh, we give our, our racers the the best opportunity to go as fast as they can. Okay, so that's interesting. And so the tractors that were actually there running down the track, you know, uh, clean, mm-hmm. brushing it, and then dragging the, uh, look like big chunks of, like, wound rubber or something like that. That's your group? That's your team that does that? Yeah. Now, Bradenton has its own uh, own equipment. Right. Which, ironically, our competition director has sold to them. Um, but they have their own equipment, but it's, it's our guys working with the Bradenton crew to make that happen. But Bradenton has, has a great setup down there already. Um, but other facilities will bring in our own equipment if, if they don't have what's called a static drag, which is what you saw this weekend. It was two boxes, you know, two tractors with a box on the back of it, and it, it drops down, and those are, are strips of tires that are cut open, um, and it's got a hydraulic that presses it into the track surface, and, and it'll drag it down the track. So what does that actually do? Is it actually pick up the little chunks that are up on the, on the, on the, on the, on the pavement? It, it'll, it'll, it'll smooth it out. So okay. it, it'll it'll apply rubber, which is what those, you know, what the used drag slicks are for. Right. So it'll apply rubber and smooth that rubber out so it's not so bumpy. Okay. So if you, if you ever walked on a track that, that hasn't been dragged, you can see there's, you know, high spots, low spots, and it'll create a, a smooth surface throughout, you know, especially when you get the seams in between the concrete pads. It'll, it'll just keep, it'll fill in those seams and smooth it and make it, you know, nice and smooth for racers. And you, and you really do see it on Raceback. Um, you know, Bradenton's got a great surface. And... So when the rubber gets bumpy, you can see it on a race pack on someone like a ProMod car, just the, the graph will, the shock graphs will be, you know, really wavy line. Uh, and when you do drag the track and do it properly, that those are very minimal. Something else I noticed, but I was, it, it almost looked as if they were, that they, you laid down maybe a, a, a quarter inch mat, a real sticky mat on there, or is that my imagination or is that just buildup? What exactly was that? And that That's was a buildup of rubber. And the sta- As the weekend goes on, more and more rubber from from the racers' tires and you know these these static drag boxes gets put down, and that's when you'll see they'll have to, to shave it and they'll um, oh. they'll feed they'll have the torch and they'll they'll actually literally just you know they'll have um, uh, just these tools that they'll use they'll heat the rubber and then slice it off. No kidding. And then they'll run over it again and put on down fresh rubber and smooth it out. Okay. 
Yeah, it's, it's become, in probably I would say the last 10 years, it's become a uh, almost like an art form. There, there are several companies that specialize in track preparation. And, uh, you know, our, our competition director, Kurt Johnson, he's with Total Venue Concepts normally. He, you know, he has a business built around those. They'll, they'll go around to tracks all over the country and perform these services for big events. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate enough that Bradenton has great equipment and we didn't have to bring, you know, his, his equipment down and, and just use their stuff. Okay. What now? The stuff that you put down on the track that does the actual like the the the, the creates the sticky, so to speak. What exactly do you mm-hmm. use? It's a it's a traction compound, and the two major companies that do it are, are VP Racing Fuels. It's called LC Seven or LC Five. There's there's a couple different blends, and there's also a company called PJ One, which PJ One was formerly known as VHT, is what most people recognize. Right, as. and uh, it, it's just it's a chemical adhesive um, that that's used to. Uh, that they spray in the track. And what they'll do is they'll cut it with alcohol so it doesn't... Because if you spray too much, it gets gooey. And when it gets gooey, it gets real slick. So you want it to evaporate and absorb into the existing rubber on the track. Okay. And how often do they have to apply that? I mean, after how many runs? Do you have to reapply it, or is it good for the day? Um, Well, it it depends. Um, For, you know, predominantly slick tire cars, you can get away with a little bit longer because just the way that the construction of the tire is. But in radial racing, like drag radials, DOT drag radials, the the way the tire is constructed and the stiffness of the sidewall, it'll it'll end up tearing tearing up strips of rubber off the starting line and you know probably about thirty or forty feet out. So it kind of depends on you know how many cars are going through it, how much power there is, and the type of tire that's being used on the racing surface. So it kind of varies, and and that's what you know our guys and the Bradenton track crew keep an eye on. Um, after every run, you know, making sure that that track stays consistent and, you know, every time these categories go up, the racers know what to expect. It's just that consistency throughout the weekend. Okay. Now, this weekend, um, how many cars are you going to have this weekend? Are you going to have more at the NMCA than you did the... Uh, we, should, uh, we should have roughly uh, the, the same amount of cars in competition, which is about 450. Okay. Um, and it'll take us four days, to, you know, to do, you know, testing, qualifying, and, and eliminations. Um, but, uh, you know, these are, like I said, they're, they're a little bit different because we do have the pro mods coming this weekend, uh, you know, big tires, you know, 3,500 horsepower. It'll, it'll be a good show with those guys put on. And then we also have the, what we call the factory supercars, which is the Copo drag pack and Cobra jets. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Now there's going to be a car show there too and swap meet, I presume. Yep. Every one of our races has a car show and swap meet attached to the drag racing. Um, you know, we get about, uh, I think it's about 300 or so, 350 or so cars into the car show. Everything from, you know, early model, you know, vintage muscle cars to the late model cars. Super. Now, if people want to find out more about, where do they go? Check it out at nmcadigital.com. And from there, you can you can get through the uh, to our event page, which will, you know, have schedules, um, admission prices, and, you know, even advanced ticketing. If you buy tickets online, you can save 20% if you're a spectator. Okay. And tickets are how much? Uh, if you buy online, it's, it's $20 for the day or at $25 at the gate. Okay. And parking's free, right? Yes. Free parking and children under 12 free. Excellent. Now, how many events a year do you do now? We do, um, on the East Coast, we do a, a total of 10 events. Each series has six events, the, the, the Ford Series and the Muscle Car Series. But what we do twice a year, we, we combine them into one facility. And um, next month, we'll be in Atlanta Dragway with a combined we call the All-Star Nationals. And we do some fun shootouts between the two series and kind of get that rivalry going. And then we do one in Joliet combined that we call the Super Bowl of Street Legal Drag Racing. And we give away, you know, literally Super Bowl-style rings for uh, – we form teams out of the class winners. 
No kidding. And, yeah, and so the team that wins, either it's Team NMRA or Team NMCA, and they'll walk away with a with a gold ring and diamonds. And, you know, it's a, it's a pretty neat deal that Nitto Tire has worked with us on, and uh, it's been going on for, gosh, I think about 12 or 13 years. Wow, that's incredible. The gold ring, that's pretty cool. I like that. That's neat. Yeah, yep. So which event, uh, well, I forgot to ask you, what do you, what, what do, you do? Because do I know last year you said somebody had a vintage, no, you had a newer Mustang, didn't you? A Fox body or something? Yeah, I've got a 07, 07 Mustang oh, and I've got a couple of Fox bodies. Okay. Fox bodies are still pretty popular and still pretty strong in the racing circuit, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like to joke that it's definitely the, the best chassis for drag racing, especially the small tire stuff. The suspension works real well and... You know, you, you can buy parts from a lot of great manufacturers, and uh, e- easy way to go fast for sure. So now the S one hundred seven cars, which is the 05 to 09 cars, mm-hmm. do, do you race yep. one of those, or how, they seem to be I've doing pretty a, good too? Yeah, I've got a two thousand seven that I got a supercharger on. It's uh, I call it my cruiser. It runs eleven thirties, and it's just fun to put it in drive and, and go. <laughs> my wife can drive it, which is kind of the whole concept behind the whole thing. Do you know what we had to do back in the 70s to go 12s? And you guys are running <laughs> yeah. like 10s out of the box practically? Oh, it's, it's, it's just insane. It's getting, it's getting to be insane. I mean, you can get a, a 2018 Mustang is an 11-second car off the showroom floor. And just even doing, you know, mild bolt-on parts, it'll go low 11s. And if you do a supercharger, it's a 9-second car. And, and still get 30 miles to the gallon. Air conditioning, airbags. I mean, everything. Drive as it's stock. It's it's uh, it's fun and aggravating for anybody who you know has you know Fox body to go 11s was took a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, (laughs) amazing. Well, Mike, I want to thank you for hanging out with us here a little bit. Definitely look forward to being there this weekend, and uh, all the best to you guys. And uh, look forward to having you uh, back on the show next year. Awesome. Thanks, and uh, we'll hope to see everybody out there this weekend. Okay, don't forget, this weekend, National Muscle Car Association, Bradenton Motorsports, live drag action. Drag racing, I should say. Anyway, Mike, take care. We'll talk to you later. Take care, buddy. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Robert. Bye. Bye. All right, well, Tommy, I think what we're going to do is, uh, I didn't cue up another song, did I? Uh, So, well, I guess I'm just going to have to yak for a few minutes, and then uh, we got, no, we have another song coming up. That's for the intro to our next guest, but uh, again, let me talk a little bit about um, how much fun I had at the National Mustang Racing Association. Drag racing is just fun. I don't know what it is, but it just seems like it's pure racing. You know, it's like, uh, especially when they have these local events, and, and my hat's off to companies and organizations and groups like Pro Media and uh, National Mustang Racing Association and National Muscle Car Association, because the average guy can get in there. Like he said, if you get a car that just barely goes 14 seconds and you don't need a helmet, you just want to go have fun and just make some simple passes, even let's just say you have an automatic. It's just consistent. You just go out there and have fun. You know, there's something exciting about that. You know, when you drive down there and you go through the staging, you get up in the staging lanes, even though you may or may not be able to smoke the tires, but you sit in a little bleach box and you burn a little something or you spin the tires a little bit because they're wet. Then you get down there and you, the light goes off when you're at the tree. You run through the traps at the other end and it's just uh, it's just kind of like accelerating. You know what? You just want to go do it again. So it's like uh, better than an e-ticket ride. Drag racing is a lot of fun. It really is. I know it's quick. You're gone in, you know, 10, 15, 20 seconds, whatever it is. But it's a lot of fun. Now, road racing is a different story. It's one of my fashions. I love vintage racing. I love road racing. I love club racing. It's a lot of fun. A little bit more costly, a little bit more wear and tear on the car, but still can be a lot of fun. But club racing is not bad. So club racing, if you get involved in that, is an easy way to go drag racing or sports car racing. Now, uh, we have caller on the line. Oh, my guest. You're getting ready to call my guest. Okay, well, gee, we're getting around that time already. Okay, well, anyway, (coughs) let me talk a little bit about... um, 
Uh, what was I going to talk about? Oh, what I uh, Gulfstream Motorsports. You know, we do appraisals, we do pre-purchase inspections, and I do that on cars, boats, and motorcycles. And occasionally, occasionally, I get something different. Well, this weekend I was uh, called and asked to do a boat. Now, I haven't done a boat in a long time, but um, I'm learning real quick. I've done some boats before in the past, small stuff, and I'll, I don't mind doing recreational boats. So basically the way it works in the, in the marine industry is you have what they call a boat survey. And again, just like in the car industry, you know, appraisers are not certified. They are accredited. So basically you go through a certain training or you just have to have a lot of experience. But when you start doing bigger stuff like ships and cargo and all that other kind of stuff you know you get you got to be pretty serious but when you're doing pleasure boats and recreational boats it's not that complicated and generally if you've got quite a bit of experience owning and maintaining a boat you should be okay and of course then you throw in a little bit of the background as far as knowing how to do appraisals and write reports it's not so bad so i'm currently doing an interesting boat it's a 19 uh 2001 glacier bay and of all things the people that are interested in buying this car are taking this boat back to where alaska now, where is a glacier bay, glacier bay boat built? It's basically a twin V. It's a cat, but it's a, it's a sport boat, sport fisherman type. And they're built, they were actually built originally in the early 90s in uh, Washington State. Well, now they got merged and bought out by another company in North Carolina called World Cat. So uh, a World Cat is, is also a similar boat, but it's more of a uh, performance-oriented boat where the Glacier Bay is more of a cruiser-type kind of boat. But both of them are basically, you know, along the lines of, of fishing boats. And uh, so they're a lot of, they're a pretty interesting boat, and that's what makes this whole industry, at least what I do, as far as the appraisals and stuff like that, that kind of is, um, poses always kind of like an interesting challenge to me, especially when I get something different. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing, you know, your basic cars and stuff, but every once in a while, you know, you throw in a, a really unusual motorcycle or you throw in a boat, and it's a lot of fun. But anyway, where I'm going with this is a... To say that if you do need appraisals on cars, definitely give us a call. If you need motorcycles, definitely give us a call. But now we're getting back into the boat business. So now I've been doing a little bit of homework, a little research, and I found out there's not a lot of guys that do boats. So that just opened up a new market and a new niche for someone like myself. Now, I guess we have our guests on the line. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to fire up the stereo for a second, and we're going to do the proper intro for our guests. And we'll play a little music, something that he likes, and then we're going to play a little clip, uh, also something that he may uh, enjoy because it's along the lines of his taste. So we will be back in a few minutes. I'm your show host, Robert. You tune into Nostalgic Radio Cars and Don't Touch That Dial. We'll be right back with our special guest for the evening. seal oh, that's for the damage for your sister hey little darling and your bike some of this really happened you never saw me top of your class in the civil air patrol pilot like you shouldn't be flying buses welcome to miami 
Welcome to Bakersfield. Haven't you ever wanted something more, Barry? You should be serving your country. Your CIA. <sighs> We need you to deliver stuff for us. Oh, this is legal? If you're doing it for the good guys? Barry Seals, a damn genius! You are an airline pilot, Barry. That's how you support this family. This is gonna be good for us. Is this all legal? You trust me? No! We're expanding operations, Barry. The devil you know, the devil you know, the devil you don't. Roscoe dug this up in the backyard. There are bills blowing around everywhere. I'll rake it up in the morning. ATF, drop your weapons! Guns, drugs, money laundering. Did y'all know the caddies have more trunk space than any other car? I'll get each and every one of you a caddy for your troubles. See, I'm gonna walk out of here. <laughs> I read a damn thing. Any one of you can do about it. He's free to go. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Boy should have taken a caddis. I was working for the CIA, the DEA, and Pablo Escobar. 1,500 kilos. That's 15. 1,500 kilos, Barry. In one go. Get it done. Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce our uh, special guest for the evening. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening the Director of Public Relations for Amelia Island Concourse, my good friend, Chris Brewer. Chris, how you doing? Good, good, Robert. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, well, I'm glad you made it. I know this has been a, this is going to be, or is, a very, very busy week for you guys up there in uh, Jacksonville, or up there in Amelia Island, isn't it? Yeah, we, uh, we hit the ground running. There's no doubt about that. So uh, I will relocate uh, to the area around the Ritz-Carlton tomorrow, and um, things really get cooking for us. Uh, on Thursday, we've got the uh, the uh, Porsche dinner Thursday evening, and then you know from there on out, it's just one fun activity after another. It's, if you love cars, it's definitely the place to be. No question. Well, Chris, now you haven't been on the show before, and you're kind of... Uh um, you've been with Amelia Island now, what, about three years now, two and a half, three years? Yeah, about, about three years. You know, I volunteered for a while before that. I helped them with the uh, Cars and Coffee at the Concours event. Before that, I uh, run the local Jacksonville Cars and Coffee show, and that was kind of the connection there. And I've been a writer with um, some different magazines and had showcased some of the show cars that were at Amelia over the years. But, uh, yeah, three, three years ago is when I came on full-time with the team. Well, now tell us a little bit about yourself. What did you do before that? Yeah, it's a it's a fun story. I, um, you know, you go way back. I went to Bible college, and I was actually a youth minister uh, down in St. Petersburg. Matter of fact, for a little while, I was at uh, Northeast Presbyterian Church back in the late nineties, and I uh, did that for a while. I worked at a couple of Bible colleges over the years. I actually have a doctorate degree in theology, uh, so it's a strong part of my background. And about. I don't know. I guess it's been a little while now. Um, I kind of made a transition during the uh, the recession that hit our country. I, I, the, the 
job that I had had kind of dried up, and I needed to refocus. And I was a writer, so I started writing about cars. I'd always loved cars. Uh, always had cars to tinker with. Always had, uh, you know, the, the dream car uh, posters on my walls. Uh, it was just one of those things. So it, it made perfect sense. And one thing fell into the next, and uh, here I am working at this amazing car show. I, I pinch myself every day because I, you know, when I wake up, I think I get to do this for a living, and I and I get a check for it, and I love it. And sometimes I forget that it's a job. You know, it's interesting now. So when you say it's a job and you're there, now is this like a full time thing all year round? I mean, are you busy yeah. all the time? Yeah, we we do it all year round. Um, we really are planning this show almost the entire year. So part of the year is slower than the other part. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Right now is like, you know, that we're in a drag, you'll, you know, we're in a, in a alcohol drag car racing down the line. But normally, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a thing where you're running and you're, you're networking, you're building connections, you're getting ideas for the next show. You're trying to figure out what cars you're going to put into the show. You're meeting people, but it does keep you busy all year round. Um, but then days like today, you know, I will work till ten o'clock at night, and I'm not complaining because I'm I'm doing what I love, and I'm and I'm blessed to do it. Well, you're very very fortunate. I mean, you've got the ideal job, and you work for one of the greatest guys in the car world, so to speak. I mean, Bill Warren is just absolutely incredible and extremely knowledgeable. Yeah, no, he he really is great. I'm, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, Bill Warner is, um, you know, really he's legendary at this point. He is. He he did this concord. His concept was. To, to make a you know to create a world class concourse with world class cars that this, the kind of stuff that you would see at the very best of the best shows, but to do it with sort of a family feeling to it, so that you, so everyone felt welcome, everyone that came felt like they were a part of the, the you know they they were all behind the scenes, everybody was a part of it, and I think he's established that really well, and, and it translates to the office, Robert. It really does. You know, you come into the office, you spend time with Bill. Always a great time. Sure, sometimes we're we're you know working hard, and sometimes we may not agree on every single thing. But I'll tell you what, um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade working with him for anything. It's been a wonderful experience. Well, the thing that makes Bill also so unique is the fact that he's got this vast knowledge, but his background, you know, doing, you know, being a car guy to begin with, being passionate, the photography, racing, the connections and networking. And he basically took and culminated all that stuff. And like you said, created the ultimate car show because he truly has. And I've said this and I've been to a lot of shows around the country. Amelia Island is the best automotive event in the country. It really is. I really, really appreciate that. I really do. It's, um, you know, it's his vision, the way he sees two steps ahead, the way he he gets a concept and then follows it through to the end, the way he helps chase a single car to get it onto the field. You know, for, we put these classes together. So for those who aren't familiar with the concept, um, a concourse will have uh, of our of our size will have twenty or thirty different classes of cars, and each class of car will have a a collection of vehicles that help tell that class's story. So. Um, if we're doing custom coachwork Volkswagen, Bill will want to bring in the the rarest, the the strangest, and the most historically significant vehicles that fall under that umbrella. But he will he will get one car in his mind that will tie the whole class together. And I'll tell you what, he will go to the longest end to get that car there. And if something happens, if he hits a bump in the road, he won't stop until he figures out a way around it and he makes it work. It's unbelievable, and so. The product of it is this incredible show on March 10th, but 
if you don't know all of the stories and how it all works, I think you only see it for the, the, the top value, which is fantastic. It's this glorious show, but when you start to dig in and you get all the stories, you say, wow, this is so much more than just a bunch of cars assembled on a, on a grass lawn. This is a bunch of stories being told on the history of the automobile, why it affects us today, and why it's going to continue to affect us far into the future. Now, are you lucky enough? Excuse me. <clears throat> are you lucky enough to be part of the inner circle where you and the round table where you get to help kind of contribute as far as cars and ideas and people and celebrities and themes and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it's a great team to work with at the show. Everyone really does have a voice. I mean, everyone in the office has a voice. And if you come with an idea, you know, you can't just come and say, hey, uh, next year I want to have cars that are, have rainbows on them. You know, that is, <laughs> that's pretty. Don't get me wrong. But that's not going to hold water. What you have to come to the table with is a, is, is a more of a complete idea. So we can use this, for example, a couple years ago I came to Bill and I said, Bill, I want to pair guitars and cars on the show field. And Bill looked at me like I had two heads. He said, I, I, don't, I don't figure out how that works. But listen, I'm going to trust you to start to dig it out and figure it out. And when you can present some sort of format that works within the, the Concord world, then we can take it and take it to the next level. And so, you know, he gives you an assignment. You start to dig in. You start to see what cars are out there. Because, frankly, that's part of what tells the story, you know, what vehicle. So I know that the Janus Joplin Porsche 356 is out there. I know that it's striking. I know that it's Concord quality. I know that um, with a little bit of finesse, perhaps we can get it to the show field. So even just that car is a significant way to start building this class. So, yes, we get to be a part of it. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to travel around to different car shows during the year, and if I spot something that's just magnificent, um, like a night, there's a 1925 Lorraine Dietrich a race car that raced at Le Mans. I actually won at Le Mans in 1925. I started a car show up in Massachusetts, I sent a couple pictures to Bill. We talked to the owner. Sure enough, it'll be on the show field on Sunday, and I'm excited for you to see it and for everyone else that comes. Wow. Now, I, I have, we had John Oates on our show last week, and uh, I understand that you are a guitar guy, too, which I did not know. I saw that in your email today. So, And I'm a guitar guy, and John's a guitar guy, and you've got this guitar and car thing. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we are doing a... a class it started off it was going to just be the combination of cars and guitars and you know john and i had batted ideas back and forth you know do we do something about the colors of the the 50s and 60s fenders how they were inspired by the gm paint color codes and we thought yeah that's great but that's not going to catch everybody that's going to get a kind of a little niche segment that understands that stuff so when we finally boiled it down we said let's just do cars of the rock stars so every car that we bring on the field in that class has been owned or significantly tied to a rock star over the years. And, and you know, we started to, to go down that path, and we ended up finding eight vehicles that fit that description. And then to make it even more fun, we said, let's find a guitar that goes with each one of them and display them with the car on the field on Sunday. So we, we have these cases that will be displayed with the, a guitar in each case. It tells the story through some of the signage, talks about why the guitar is significant to that car, why that car ties in with the guitar, and I'm hoping that when people come, it will help them imagine, help them to look back a little bit, and I hope it just makes everybody smile, frankly. Well, you know, music is one of those things, I think, out of anything, brings people together. It does. It does. Uh, it's it's amazing how um, 
you know, a song. Let, we can let's talk about Hall and Oates for a couple of minutes. Okay. So many of these songs were played at people's weddings, or maybe they heard it on their first date, or maybe uh, when their their child was born. It was a song that was on the radio when they were driving them home. These songs become kind of the uh, the soundtrack of people's lives, and I think Hall and Oates are particularly good at creating songs that just about everybody likes. Even if people don't admit they like them, when they come on the radio, they can't help but start humming along with, like, if Maneater comes on the radio, I don't care who you are, you're going to start singing Maneater. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just one of those kind of songs. Well, the one that sticks in my head is You're a Rich Girl, because I remember on the way to Daytona back in 1977, I was sitting in the back of a U-Haul van with about five other frat guys, and that we had a radio back there, obviously, a little transistor or whatever we had, and we were all joking around about that song. We had the back door open on the van, <laughs> and we're heading over to Daytona, you know, because you, know, you usually get there the night before, and you camp out and everything, because all hell breaks loose. Sure. But, uh, so that song was just one of those that just keeps ringing in my head. So, but um, and anyway, exactly, well, exactly. You have this great story that you tie to this song, and every time you hear that song, it's going to bring back a little bit of memory of that story. It's, mm-hmm. Fascinating how that does that, and I think, um, you know, I think it, not to be too dramatic, but you know, even even people that we've lost, uh, we will have songs that we'll hear and they'll remind us of them. So music is powerful, and it is, like you said, it does unite people. It's it, it's great for that. Now, are you music? You collect guitars. So, what kind of guitars are you into, yeah. and do you play? I do play. I uh, studied jazz in college, among other things. Uh, I played in a college jazz band, and then when I graduated, I ended up. Uh, traveling a bit and recorded a CD in 1999. So really? I play guitar. I play acoustic guitar, uh, electric guitar. I play some bass. There was a time when I would kind of be a fill-in player for places. They would have me come in, and uh, it, it it was never a living, but it paid a little bit of money. So it was a fun opportunity. But uh, I still do play. Um, I think I'm a little rustier than I would like to admit, <laughs> but uh, I do enjoy it. I have a, a pretty nice little guitar collection. So here's the thing. It's not like I went out and bought a bunch of guitars all at once. I've been collecting since I was 12. I got the bug really early. So, and I have this terrible, uh, personality flaw where I don't like to get rid of my babies. (laughs) So I have some really great guitars. uh, And and by the way, my babies, I mean my guitars for anybody listening. that doesn't (laughs) doesn't have that. Um, I definitely won't get rid of my babies, but definitely it's hard for me to get rid of my guitars too. So I hang on to them. They're very nostalgic, uh, uh, sentimental. And so I have some really neat stuff from when I was a little that uh, I hate to admit that I'm old enough, but now some of these things are classics, and they're actually worth a little bit of money, which is kind of neat. Well, what are, what, are the, what are the couple of guitars that you have? Name some uh, electric ones that people yeah, might... Yeah, I'll, I'll name a couple of them that'll be at the show. So I've got a, a 1976 Gibson Les Paul Custom. It's the really cool one with the three pickups. It's the, the Black Beauty fantastic guitar um it'll be paired and this is pretty neat uh bill warner owns a 1958 cadillac brome that oh. actually belonged to ricky nelson back in the day the blue car the blue car it's the it's the black one with the stainless the brush stainless. oh the eldorado the four-door car okay yes it, it's a and it's the one with the suicide doors right it's a beautiful vehicle um we're going to tie that together with my custom because ricky nelson a little later in his career, played a 68 custom uh, black guitar. And there was there's a picture of him with the guitar on the cover of his uh, Garden Party CD from 1972. So that's kind of the tie together with that. And it's really fun because the black guitar with the gold hardware looks 
so good with his Cadillac, his black with the, the stainless. It, it's a really fun visual. And the storyline, you know, it, it, it's definitely uh, creative, but it does, it does make sense and it is fun. So that, that kind of gives you an idea of what the class is going to be like as well. Excellent. What other guitars you got? I've got, um, you know, I've got a, a really nice a Martin D28 that I love. Um, I've got, oh, you know, I should name the, the, the guitar that started it all. So okay. uh, the real guitar. So I'm 16 years old. Uh, my, my father is a minister at the time, and uh, we were poor as church mice. And, and I'm proud to say it because, you know, all the things that he, my family still could provide for us, even though we, we didn't have a lot, was fantastic. And uh, I look back on those times with a, with a real smile on my face. And I'm proud of my parents for for what they did and, and how they made things work. But, you know, it's my 16th birthday. I know he didn't have anything to, uh, money to get me a gift. So what did he give me? He gave me the um, 1971 Gibson Les Paul Deluxe. That was his baby. It was his his most prized possession in the whole world. And he thought that at 16 I was worthy to get this guitar. So he gave it to me. I still have the guitar. It's still in the exact same condition he gave it to me. And I changed the strings. Um, but other than that, it's... Uh, I, I knew it was important at 16 when he gave it to me. I knew I needed to protect it. Um, I knew that when I took it to college and played it in jazz band, that if anybody got too close to me, I had to move sideways so they wouldn't get too close to my guitar. And it was it's kind of fun because the guitar got a reputation, and people still tease me to this day. They're like, yeah, we know, we know. You know <laughs> you're really great, at, unless we try to touch a guitar. <laughs> and things get really ugly really fast. So, <laughs> so that's kind of the beginning of the... The collection, and, and you can see, you know, that's such an important part of in my history in my life. You can see why uh, it made such an impact. Interesting. Now, when you said it's a, it's a Gibson Deluxe uh, uh, as an, an SG, or is it a? It's a Les Paul. It's a Les Paul Deluxe. It's got these little mini humbuckers. Um, at the time, okay. Gibson wasn't making the standard anymore. They really Gibson thought that people were going to want to move to these little mini humbuckers and away from the big humbuckers, which have become the iconic. Uh, you know, Les Paul sound. Mm-hmm. But let's put these little and and the humbuckers actually to make to go all the way back. Uh, it originally was going to have P90s in it, and that's what the the original deluxes had the P90s. But then they realized that people wanted the humbuckers, so instead of enlarging the route to fit the bigger humbucker, they put these little mini ones in there, and that became uh, the kind of guitar that I have, which which is a, a fun guitar. It plays great, beautiful sunburst uh, cherry finish. Um, it's just a it's just a really neat piece, and uh, I've got it. Probably displayed in my living room, so people can come in and see it. And uh, if if they have the time, I will tell them the story. <laughs> Super. Now, cars. Uh, you're also into cars a little bit. So, what, do you have any collector cars as well? Yeah, sure. I um, uh, I've always been into Datsun Z cars. Really? I think uh, yeah. Since since I was you know 16, 17 years old, I thought they were the greatest thing. Some of my earliest toys when I was a kid were 280 ZX models and things. So, I've got a 1971 a Datsun 240Z. Um, I bought it uh, about 10 years ago. I got it out of a, it wasn't a junkyard, but it was some guy's steel that he had just left it there to die. I paid $300 for it. Um, did the restoration myself. It's not a Concours quality restoration. It's a it's a good driver, and from 20 feet away, it, it looks fantastic. Uh, it's got a turbo swap motor in it, um, probably putting out around 250 to 280 horsepower, depending on where I have the boost set. And uh, it's it's a very lightweight car. Um, handles pretty well. I, I redid the suspension, so it's not terrible, but it's definitely overpowered. I'm not going to lie. Wow. 
Chris, we are just about up against the clock. Do you want to give out some uh, social media information and some other uh, quick details and, and, and yeah, about Amelia? Yeah. And then uh... I would love to, and, and thanks for having me on. It's been great. Um, so it's the 24th annual Amelia Island Concord Elegance. The actual dates are March 7th to the 10th. We have uh, honoree Jackie Eeks. Every year we bring in a legendary driver. So this year we have Mr. Lamar. He won six times at Lamar. Jackie Eeks is coming in. Um, we are some of our special classes that I'm really, really excited about. Um, the Cars of the Rockstars, obviously, we've already talked about that uh, quite a bit. But some of the other things that we're doing is the uh, Mercedes 500K to 540K, some of the most stunning vehicles ever. Uh, the Ferrari 250 GT short wheelbase Berlinetta cars and more absolutely striking cars. And then we talked about it a little earlier, those uh, to, to celebrate the um, 70th anniversary of the Volkswagen Bug, we are doing the custom coachwork Volkswagen class. And I think people are going to really enjoy those because they're, they're a little bit oddball. They're a little bit different, but they're still really fun and they look great. So um, the big show is on Sunday. That's the, the show. That's the Concours. On Saturday, the night, we have a show called Cars and Coffee at the Concours. We have about 450 uh, club cars that come in. It's uh, uh, you, you, you register your car, you come. But some of the cars that come, uh, you know, honestly, all the cars that come are fantastic. But some of them are just really rare, really beautiful. Uh, we've got a, uh, stuff that you don't just normally see at a cruise that will be there. So, Chris, we are... Those are the two, yeah. Okay, we're up against Sorry. the clock, but that's okay. Um, I sure. want to thank you again. And this weekend, Amelia Island Concourse... Don't forget, just like Chris mentioned, the Cars and Coffee on Saturday, the big concourse on Sunday. In the meantime, I want to thank you, Chris, very much for coming on the show. Say hi to all my friends up there. I will see you this weekend. I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't forget, check us out here every Tuesday night between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network. And stay safe, love. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.